G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. We're back. The team picker has dropped for Supercoach Plus members on Dog. I'm joined by Damo. Damo, how are things in the Wild West? Fantastic. We've now got a border opening date, so hopefully the season that the AFL has put together, recently released their fixture, can go ahead as planned with all the borders opening up around and now that this team picker is open, we've got a Christmas present early and people are already dropping their teams left, right and centre and already creating debates about which rookies we should pick in December and it's fantastic. It's great. Supercoach is back. Yeah, Supercoach is back. Make sure you jump on to supercoach.com.au or however you get to that platform and use the team picker. Of course, if you don't have Supercoach Plus and you want to do a, pick a team, maybe keep an eye on jockreynolds.com.au. I don't know, Damo, something might appear there that might be helpful to people and I'm not promoting it and I'm certainly not encouraging that people go to jockreynolds.com.au and check for that helpful tool. Damo, team pick is out, so we got lots and lots and lots of players to break down, prices everywhere, positions. We sort of knew most of the key changes that were coming in. There's a couple of little surprises or surprises that didn't happen even. I think we're going to focus today on prices. And where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the guys that we think have got a decent discount? Do you want to start with the bargain basement, the overpriced? Where should we start this thing? Let's start with bargain basement. Oh, baby. There's a lot. <laughs> we uh, we basically went like 300K and under, didn't we, Damo? We tried to focus on the lower end, but there's so much value to be had this year that it's very, very exciting. The first one, Damo, we want to start out with, I think, well, I want to start out with is Jade Gresham, who, did he do his ACL last year or was his Achilles? I can't remember off the top of my head. I believe it was his Achilles. So apparently he's doing full training and all that or close to, and he's going to be A-OK for the season. He is hoping that's true. Comes in as a mid-forward at $299,000, Damo. Are we excited about this bargain to be? I think he's one that could go either way in proving that he is underpriced and becoming a very good selection for people who want to take the punt. But given his role and the evolution of that Saints midfield in his absence, he may be forced to go back to his small forward role and maybe he's appropriately priced. Potentially, potentially. So sub 300K now... The sell on Jade Gresham has always been upside rather than actual delivery in terms of Supercoach. He averaged 84 in 2019 and 81.5 in 2020, and we sort of always expected him to go bang. He started last year all right, 82 and 104, but he's never really broken through past an average of 85, so there's risk. But he is still young, and apparently Jack Billings is cooked and is going to be stuck on a forward flank or a forward pocket next year. So there might still be opportunities for Jay Gresham and you'd ask any St. Kilda fan. They love this kid. If he's healthy, Damo, it's sub 300K. What do we want as a return for him? You would want an average of at least 90. Yeah, so that's why he's probably a, a tough sell for me because I agree, we want an average of 90 and maybe he can even deliver that, but he's never done it to date. He's a guy I'd rather watch for two weeks, round one and two, and corrective into if I have to. If he comes out and goes bang, bang, and double tons in the first two weeks, I'll uh, I'll back down and, and trade into him. But at the moment, I don't think he's a starter for me. No, I don't think he's a starter for me either. I had sort of looked at him before the team picker came out and knew that he was in for a discount. But I think... The more I think about it, the less I like the selection, especially to start with. Well, let's let's look at someone who's in a similar boat, and that's Stephen Canelio. Who uh, do you have his price in front of you? I think it's two hundred sixty-one thousand. It is two hundred sixty-one thousand three hundred mid forward. 
So mid forward, the forward status is going to entice a few people. He's very cheap. Last year, just the five games, he scored an 88 and 80. And a 92 is his highs, but then 26 and 14 in um, in some not so good games. Now, this is a guy where he's very cheap. His role is probably a bit questionable, probably very questionable. Is he even a lock in that best 22? They've added two captains for GWS, but we know what he's done in the past, and that has been average 90-plus since 2015, with the exception of, of last year where he played just the five games. So it's definitely within scope for him to be probably not Jack Zebel of this year, Damo, but, but in the discussion of that sort of prized player with the upside in terms of scoring he's delivered in the past. Here are my doubts with Stephen Cornelio. Is he going to play 22 games? Is he going to play 22 games in the midfield? Because he's not going to because he's not going to score because he's not going to score points for you in the in the VFL. <laughs> and no. and I have no doubts that he's underpriced. Yes, he's probably going to average 90. But how many games is he going to get a chance to to score for you? And Leon Cameron has not been afraid to drop captains. And I feel like if he's going to drop a captain for underperforming, Stephen Cornelio will be the first one that gets banished to the VFL. Yeah. um, Look, he played in the elimination final and the semifinal last year in that pseudo forward pressury role pushed up the ground a bit, had six tackles and eight tackles in those two finals, which is great. Didn't hit the scoreboard, hit, you know, had one behind and produced scores of just 51 and 68, which were essentially all from tackles. Like, let's be honest, that's, if he didn't have those tackles, he was scoring like 20 points a game, which we saw him do in a couple of injury ridden games last year. I, (laughs) if he's going to return an average of like 60 or 70 and he's going to play purely as a forward, even if he's playing 22 games as a forward, is is that enough? Like 260K and he scores, plays 22 games and scores 70 in them all. I mean, is that a, is that a win demo? Uh, depends if people are selecting him as a keeper or if they're selecting him as a stepping stone. Well, that's a good question. The only reason I, I, I raise that is because <laughs> I'm scrolling down the list of forwards in Supercoach this year in the team picker. And I see it, number 36, Lincoln McCarthy demo, my favourite player. My favourite player demo. He averaged 77.5. He's the 36th ranked forward by average. If you sort by total points, he becomes the 11th ranked forward from last year demo. I can't get my head around that. I can't wrap my head around that. But what I'm saying is if Stephen Canelio plays 22 games and averages 70, he's going to be a top 15 forward for the year. And he's only going to be 260K. Reminds me of that movie Money of that movie Moneyball when they're looking at all the draft prospects and and they're saying, but he gets on base, but he gets on base, but he gets on base. With Lincoln McCarthy, it was, but he got points, he got points, he got points. So is it the case of Stephen Cornelio, he's going to get points, he's going to get points, he's going to get points? Or is it a case of he's going to get points and then drop for two weeks and then comes back and scores more points? Or Well, that's the worry. And I'd be worried if I'm Stephen Cornelio, the captain who's still got like four years left on my deal and I have less job security than Lincoln McCarthy does at Brisbane. I don't think we've answered that one. Let's do a couple of quick fire ones. Charlie Kerno, Damo. Nope. Also a no for me, but damn, he's cheap. Could he be the Joe Danaher? Could he be the Joe Danaher? He averaged 78 in 2018. He's 200 and, what is it, 20 gay? He aver- Joe Danaher averaged 79.1. Oh. Nah, st- still, still no, still, still no. Would take a. We'll watch him in the preseason. He's just very cheap, but I agree, I agree, I agree. He's a no for me. Uh, Sam Skinner, a man that you have floated, Damo. Talk to me about him. Uh, so he played for Brisbane. He was in the Sandful as an intercept defender. 
He's been signed as an SSP player for Port Adelaide and has come in at 123k, defender forward. Is he a rookie? Is he just underpriced? Who knows? He might just be a good warm body to have on your bench with, and that swing is probably fairly valuable too. Yeah, I think he's he's a player that is as soon as he's named in that port lineup, he's worth having a crack at. I suspect they've bought him in uh, to serve a purpose. I'm not sure what that purpose is, but if he gets a game, I think he's a guy you have to pick. He's not going to set the world on fire, but um, you t- with these targeted sort of draft slash trade acquisitions. I think generally clubs haven't have an idea in their head. And if he comes in and he's Michael Gibbons for us and he averages 65 and gives us, you know, a hundred grand or whatever. Great. That's a win for me. I agree, Damo. I like him on the list. Cause the other thing with Port Adelaide is during the finals, their defense really only had one player that could stand up to the big tools. And that was Aaliyah Aaliyah. And Aaliyah Aaliyah doesn't really have the body to do those matchups those on those big bodies forwards like your Tom Hawkins. So I think Sam Skinner coming in will give them a bit more height in that defense. So there may be a role for him. And they've also brought in so, some other players. So their defense may look completely different in 2022 anyway. Yeah, I think. And they need to start building sort of some extra depth back there to replace like, you know, Trent the Cannon, McKenzie, those sort of guys who are getting on with age and are undersized as it is. So yeah, good call, Damo. I like that as an option. Tyson Stengel, I throw that name at you. $247,500 moved down to Geelong. Does he have any relevance to us? I'm not paying $247,000 for someone who may average 50. I think that's a very, very fair assessment. Averaged 57 in 2020. Damo, this name excites me. In our previews for last year, I had him as my lock. My lock for Brisbane. And that's Cam Rayner Damo. This is another guy similar to Jade Gresham, where it's upside that I'm projecting. I'm projecting upside. He obviously missed all of last year with injury. Priced at $278,600 this year. In 2020, averaged 73, but ended the season with a couple of tons. I just like his role. He was moving towards the midfield in the preseason this year, 2021. What do you think of him? I've got him currently F4. He was certainly trending upwards in 2020. So the ACL was probably was horrible timing. Um, obviously, all ACLs don't have good timing, but it was horrible timing for him in a super coach sense. Um, I wonder if they're going to ease him back after that ACL because match fitness is something that he would have to build into. And there's a difference between being fit and available and having match fitness. And all players have to build into match fitness. But I think with, with a year out and coming off a season where he only had to pay, play 17 games or whatever it was, match he may struggle to get the match fitness that he needs for the 2022 season, which is going to be 22 games again. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good shout. They might be conservative with him. He's one that I'm really going to watch, and I, I like him as a, as a little bit of a sleeper in drafts. I think you're going to be able to get him pretty late. Um, but he's one I'm going I'm to watch very closely in the preseason, and if it looks like he's playing midfield, gee whiz, I'm selecting. There's there's so many of these mid-200K guys this year, and after, as we all know, I missed Zeeble last year because I was too scared of his injury history. I just don't want to do that again, Damo. Um. I'm worried that people will try and look too hard for a Jack Zebel type. <laughs> yeah, I am looking too hard. <laughs> I've got 10 of them in my team. I think Jack Zebel was one that was obvious, but people are now trying to look for, for people who aren't. And I think it's going to, I think people will select players that aren't obvious and it, and this player will come out with a 60, a 70, and then a 60 again. And they'll go, he just needs to settle into the role. He just needs to settle into the role. And then by the time he set, he's settled into his role and not averaging 107, it's too late and people have to trade out this guy and they've got injuries to deal with and all that sort of stuff. So I think let 
the Jack Zebel type from last season come out for this season. Don't go looking too hard for someone and hoping that they can get there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. So Zebel, he had role change, void of significance, and a history in scoring. Not a lot of these guys we've spoken about have that history of scoring, which is a good point. So I guess maybe we're looking for a Joe Danaher more than we're looking for Jack Zebel. And Joe Danaher was the ninth of the forwards we have available to us this year, the ninth ranked forward in terms of total points last year. So some of these guys are interesting, and it just goes to show that you don't have to do heaps in the forward line to uh, to to be highly ranked. And it's probably not an area where you need to invest a heap of coin into. Let's tick off a couple of these other really cheap names very quickly. Wayne Malera, he's back at full training, defense eligible. I'm not sure if he's defense forward eligible this year. He's very cheap. Um, hasn't got like a massive history of scoring, but has post has averaged 80 in 2018. Is this a guy that you've considered at all? I've considered him. Um, talking to Baron, the man who knows all about Adelaide Crows, he doesn't know where Miller is going to fit in especially after missing the last, what, two years, two, three years? Uh, yeah, so he played two games in 2020 and missed 2021 completely. Yeah, so Baron's not entirely sure where he's going to end up in that Adelaide side because um, he thinks the defense is pretty well spoken for. He thinks the wing might be pretty well spoken for on both sides. So really the only place for him that he could line up is either in the midfield, inside, or up forward, and he doesn't think that that plays to his strengths. So I'm staying away from Malera at this stage. I think that's fair, and I think I think if they had full confidence in Malera, they might not have gone after a guy like Jordan Dawson, who, who I love, and he can fill all those roles. You just spoke about them as well. Let, uh, a couple more names to tick off from this bargain basement list. We've got Braden Proust. He's in a billion teams, 27 he should be by the start of the season or midway through the season. Ruck eligible. Everyone wants him. He's going to be the number one Ruck demo at GWS. Haven't we heard that before? But he's never scored. He has never scored. He's never stayed on the park. Why are people, is it purely the role that's appealing here? I think it's 100% the, the role. I think people see underpriced Ruck number one ruck role, just because you're a number one ruckman doesn't mean you're going to score 105 points every single game. We've seen it with so many other ruckmen that don't get there that I think with Braden Proust, especially considering his injury history, he's someone who you definitely need at least bench backup for if you're not starting him on your bench to begin with. And I'm personally more confident in starting Max Lynch, who's 3K more expensive and six years younger. Yeah, so I, I'm sorry. I keep knocking things off my table because I'm speaking my heads too much. Um, yeah, so I think I think Max Lynch is an interesting one. There's I'm not 100% sure what the ruck setup is down at, at Hawthorne this year. They bought in Max Lynch. They've still got big boy McAvoy who's forward eligible this year, by the way. They've got, uh, is it Ned Reeves, the guy that played during the season as well? They've also got Ned Reeves, yeah. But the thing, so Braden Proust has turned up a couple times in his Supercoach career when he gets like 40 plus hitouts. Once against the Blues, I remember it, don't want to talk about it. And once against the Cats, he can, he can score, but it, he requires to be the number one Ruckman and he needs a thousand hitouts to do it. He is a quantity not quality ruckman which is why i have concerns over starting him in classic super coach yeah all you know all 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 valid reasons to be concerned um i think his best season was a 67 average in 2019 and he scored 76 97 missed a whole bunch of games and then 140 on his return, and then 54, 39, 25, and 41. Granted, he was playing second fiddle to Max Gorn, but he's probably going to be playing second fiddle to one of 
Matthew Flynn or Kieran Briggs at the Giants. And if you share a ruck role, you don't always get the points. Yeah, I think I think I've got some some real question marks over Braden Proust. And the final guy we've got here on our bargain basement players is Willie Rioli, who is priced at two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, three or dollars Missed twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. We know that. Did average sixty nine in two thousand and nineteen across thirteen games. And if he averaged sixty nine for you. It's actually a half for, for a forward line. That's a probably, and he plays every game, probably a top 20 forward. Yeah, and the Eagles love him, so they'll give him every opportunity to, you know, settle into his role. And he showed during their uh, the Eagles premiership year in 2018 that he could play through the midfield as well. So there's every chance that he, that at 225K, he's almost half-priced maybe. Yeah, it's just, I mean, there's the obvious risks are. We don't know what exactly his role is yet. And we don't know what two years out of the game's done to him. Exactly. Like, the same argument goes for him as I argued for Wayne Malera. Yeah, exactly. The the things that Willie Rioli's good at, they actually have addressed in the past couple of seasons. And maybe with players that aren't quite don't, don't quite have the upside that Willie Rowley does, but they have addressed those holes, similar to how Adelaide have addressed a lot of those holes um, around Wayne Malera. Damo, let's talk overpriced players now. Let's talk guys who we think are a little bit too expensive for your starting team. And the first one's going to annoy people, <laughs> but, but I'm putting it out there. Jake Lloyd, we both haven't selected him in our opening team. Oh, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think Jake Lloyd is overpriced. I think losing Jordan Dawson was the worst thing that has happened to Jake Lloyd's role in like three years at Sydney. Explain why. Because he had a slight dip last year. Instead of averaging 117, he averaged 108. Still very good. Third-ranked defender for total points. Why do you think uh, Jordan Dawson leaving affects Jake Lloyd? When Jordan Dawson, I think Jordan Dawson got injured at one point or didn't play for a period of a season a couple years back, and so Jake Lloyd was moved to the wing, and they were and they managed to sort of fix that hole in defence with Jordan with sorry Jake Lloyd on the on the wing, and he, he pumped out 84, 86, and eighty four in that three week period that Jordan Dawson missed. So if Jake Lloyd is put onto the wing, I see a significant drop. In average. So Jake Lloyd, he averaged 108 last year, 122 the year before, shortened quarters, 109, 2019, and 112 in 2018. And then, you know, the scores before they were like in the 80s and whatnot. But so he, he is a powerful scorer. Damon, my rule this year is essentially I'm not spending over 550k on a defender. I used to have that rule when I was good at Supercoach for 500k. Now the prices are all crazy. 550k is my limit, and I just think that I will be able to get Jake Lloyd cheaper or at the same price some point in the season. I think there's far more value around him for your starting team. I'm sure I'll end up with him in my team at some point, but I'd like to just see, as you said, how Jordan Dawson's absent works, what they do with him, whether he starts taking in 100% of the kickouts again. Like I just want to see it, and I know that I, I'm pretty confident he's not going to become like, you know, $620,000 too quickly. Yeah, I think he's probably either overpriced or appropriately priced, meaning that even if he can, even if he keeps the average that he is priced at, he won't, you know, break the bank to get him back in once you need him in your, in your side. And he's $586,600 if we didn't say that. At just $800 cheaper, Demo, Jack Zebel, $585,800. Great pick from last year, dominant, awesome forward option. You cannot start him this year. You cannot start him this year. Once Aaron Hall got into that side, Jack Zebel's scoring kind of dipped. So I think that if Aaron Hall stays fit and continues the role that he had last season, Jack Zebel is not going to average 107 again. 
Yeah, it, up until the buy round last year, Zebel only went below 100 three times, 72, 89, and 95. Post buy, he went below 100, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 times, 60, 84, 89, 92, and 98, so, and 91, which speaks to what you're saying. He slowed down a bit. It's still good scoring and very, very good scoring for a forward demo, but for a defender, those numbers are achievable with someone who's far cheaper. And I think though that back half of his year is closer to what we'll see next year. Yeah, for sure. And he's also someone who's getting on in age and he may, you know, with such a young side in him having to be that bigger body that takes the, that takes the brunt of everything. He might find that he even slows down again in the second half of next season and scores even less than what he did at the second half of last season. Yeah, that's a, and that's a concern for me as well. 31 to start the season. Next on my list, Damo, I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me, but it's Thomas Stewart, a 29-year-old from Geelong. How is he 29? It feels like he's only been around for a couple of years. Average 108 last year. He's priced at $585,700 this year. For me, look, he ended the year before he got injured like a house on fire, dropping just one score below 100, a 58 in round 15 after round 11. Like, he he is Corey Enright 2.0. He's very good. We know what he can do. He's going to average between 100 and 105 next year would be my guess. I'm not willing, Damo, to spend $585,000 on Tom Stewart when I reckon it only takes a couple of 80s, a couple of weeks where he drops an 80 or a 90 for that price to come way down for us. Yeah, I think I I love Tom Stewart. There's no doubt about that. I love watching him play. I think he's a very good defender for Geelong. But as a super coach player, I think... At his starting price, he is too expensive considering he's coming back from a foot injury, which uh, foot injuries scare me. Yeah, I do not like foot injuries. As soon as a player's like, oh, it feels different when I kick it, I'm like, oh, that's a bad sign. Luke Ryan, your boy is on this list. Domo, speak to me about him. Yeah, this one's with an asterisk. I feel like the Dockers don't have a lockdown defender anymore. And with the likes of Hayden Young, Brandon Walker, Jordan Clark, Heath Chapman, Luke Ryan may be forced to match up and lock down a bit more. And in the later half of last season, he only had two scores above 100 and lots of scores between your 70 and 95 mark. So I think that he's probably okay if you're going to finish your team with him eventually. But I think he's going to be too expensive to start with. You could get him 100k cheaper at some point throughout the season. I agree. I think that's the nature with these like pseudo premiums. Like the, the, these guys that aren't 100% locks and just back it in week after week with, you know, really consistent scoring. It's these guys with high standard deviations that I, that I worry about a little bit. And Luke Ryan fits right in there. Let's move away from defense demo because Darcy Parrish, one of the great stories of 2021, came out, just did things that, I mean, personally, I've always been a fan of him, always thought he was wasted in the forward line, but came out dominated. But we've got some concerns. $621,300 demo, average 114 last year. What do we, what do we think of Darcy Parrish? Yeah, my worry with Darcy Parish and Essendon is that Essendon seem to have about 15 midfielders now who would be in their starting side. And where does Darcy Parish line up? Because they've got Dylan Scheel, who the, the midfield is probably the only place where he can play. They've got Zach Merritt. They've just recruited Ben Hobbs. Um, they've got Jai Coldwell, who didn't get a look in last year, but he's on the list. And Jake Stringer is going to get more midfield time. Um <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me if Darcy Parrish goes back to a half-forward flank or a half-forward role, and Essendon fans will hate it, but because he can do it, that he's every chance to end up back there. Look, I hope he doesn't. I think they'd be foolish to do it, but, but you, I mean, you're right. They, they've got a lot, a lot of depth, and, and even if he does play midfield, I, 
purely midfield. I just it's a stretch for me to back him into average 114 again. And at his price, you need him to go 110 plus. I'd much rather pay an extra four grand for Zach Merritt, who's done it multiple times. Darcy Parrish, nice if you had him last year. Nice if you jumped on. I I get wary with these sort of guys, Damo, and and Sam Walsh is is sort of in a similar ilk, except I've seen him average a hundred before last season, right? Whereas Darcy Parrish, his highest average prior to last season was eighty seven. He he increased his average by like a million points, Damo. The other thing about Darcy Parrish is once people worked out his influence, he got tagged and he couldn't handle the close attention. He scored 49 in a game, by, up, and, and that was because someone was tagging him and he couldn't work it out to, you know, to, to unchain himself. You know, I had captain on him in a draft league that week. It did not go very well, Damo. So I'm avoiding Darcy Parrish to start. I think we'll eventually see his price drop. And if it doesn't, it's one that I'm happy to be wrong, wrong on and, and trade into later on in the season. But I just think it's a risk starting him. Um, Another yeah. controversial take. Yeah. We're going to move on from Darcy Parrish and oh, talk yeah. about Patrick Dangerfield. Yes. Has the king been dethroned? I think, I mean, I think so. I think, look, he's always going to be royalty, but you only have to look at his last two seasons where he's only played 30 games out of, uh, from a super coach perspective, 30 games out of a possible, what what was it? 50? Uh, uh, no, nah, it'd be less than that, right? Because last year was a shortened season. So 22 and 17, so 49. There you go. Okay. So 30, he's missed... Th- 39. I can't count. Yeah, he's missed nine games. Okay. Well, it's less bad when you look at it like that, but I'm still worried about him. 104 in 2021 with multiple injuries and a suspension. Came back, as we spoke about pre-pod demo, 66 as a low, or 21 as a low, 165, 184. Like, he was very up and down, ranging mostly in that, like, 90 range. I just, it's not someone I want to slap in my midfield. If he was a forward, maybe. But no, I'm not selecting Patrick Dangerfield. He kind of scores like a key forward. Oh, I like that. Nowadays, because he's what, 30? He's going to be 32 when the season starts. He's getting on. He rests. He rests in-game like LeBron James does. He scores like a key forward. So, like, the last three games of the season... 21, 169, 73. I'm sure you could match that up against a Charlie Dixon or a Tom Hawkins as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just looking at his finals as well. Uh, he went 169 around 22, 73 in round 23, and then the finals, 86, 83, 115. It's just. And it's like he's not as clean as he was with the ball, and he gets. He loses quite a few points from turnovers, and it's just not someone. But I'm willing to start in my um in my Supercoach team for 2022, and he's priced at 567, 800. Yeah, nah. It's, look, the odds of him averaging 110 again to me are pretty low. Yeah, I I'm not starting Patrick Dangerfield. I didn't have him in my team once last year either. Oh wow, wow. I didn't start him, which is why for two rounds I had a half. Decent team. We also think Dane Zorko's overpriced, 33 years old, averaged 110 last year, mid only this year. I don't think we need to break him down too much, Damo. I just think starting him, you're asking for trouble. 595, 400 was great last year, priced at like 510 as a forward, but that extra 80K, no thank you, Damo. And you have put this name in, which I love, and that's Isaac Heaney, Damo. He's probably about 100k overpriced, considering people only need to stare at his ankle for him to miss a couple of weeks. $454,500. And and, and even at 350k, he would still be overpriced because he'd only play like 10 games in a season. Here's the thing. So, it's odd, right? Because he played 20 games this year, but 
they were all under an injury cloud. And we've already seen in the preseason there's concerns over his injury and is he going to play forward and mid and like, let's just not do it to ourselves, community. Let's just watch him play as a forward and not select him in our super coach teams. Right, Damo, let's move on to our, I think this might be our final topic, pretty close to. Look at discounted players. So guys that aren't bargain basements and have been discounted for whatever reason, number one on that list for me is Jared Witts. Jared Witts uh, played just the three games last year, 75, 115, 72, and then I think he did an ACL? Yeah, he did an ACL, yep. It was a fairly innocuous one as well because he just sort of buckled after after a ruck contest. Yeah, which is worrying in of itself. Um, he's $380,300. 2019, he averaged 100. In 2020, he averaged 93. 2018, he averaged 89. 2017, 94. So he averages around 95, I'm going to say, is what we could probably expect. In theory, he's got a better midfield under him, so he should be able to find more hitouts to advantage, Damo. If you were going to go an El Cheapo ruck line in 2022, which I think people will consider, is Jared Witts someone to consider? I'm a big Jared Witts fan. I just don't know if he's going to be a good super coach selection this year, especially if he's going to get an ACL injury after going up for a ruck contest with no real, you know, attack on his on, on his body in in that scenario because he's a ruckman. Ruckman should be able to jump, hit hit the ball, and land. He jumped, landed, and did his ACL. Yeah, so it's a worry. I mean, working under the assumption that he's healthy, I'd say he's probably the best cheap option available to us in terms of a potential on-field ruckman, but it's an awkward price, 380k, isn't it? Yeah, it's someone that you would, it would definitely need to be something that worked for your team. Don't like build your team around him. Well, speaking of, of building your team around them, uh, Jared Woods has a teammate who, I mean, do we say he's discounted? I, I don't actually know, but Matt Rowell, is like 340k or whatever it was. And he was pretty lost in 2021. But, you know, in five games in 2020, he averaged 100. And one of those was a six. Like, this is a guy who scored 171 in his second game demo. Is this mercurial talent real? Or is it hashtag fake news Noah Anderson is the real number one? I don't, I don't know what to make of Matt Rowell. I think... I think last year was probably closer to what we're likely to get from him in a super coach sense. He's always going to be a great number one pick talent. I just think it's different when you're playing at your schoolmates as opposed to playing with bigger bodies. And I think in his first year, he was being fed the ball up in Queensland where, where they were playing every, every week to, you know, to boost his, his, his name up. But, we didn't really see it last year, and I don't know if we will see what he had in his first year again for for another couple of years. I think it's something that they're now going to build off rather rather than throw him in the deep end again. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, Namo, and I think Patch will be the man to answer this because he's in love with Matt Rowell, but $342,900, I've seen him in plenty of teams, and I just... <sighs> I'm not willing to gamble upside on three games of data, you know, which, because if you pick a year, you're like, well, he can average 140, but you've got to ignore the other 15 games he's played in his career, and I'm just not willing to do that. And, you know, he's fine, and he's a good tackler and all that, but I just, yeah, I, I not a guy I'm, I'm willing to start. Yeah, no, I, I agree on that. This man, however, is... Uh, he's not in my first draft, but he's very close. And that's Lockie Neal, Damo. 500 and he's 40,000, I believe he is. I'm just trying to find his number 
543,200. He averaged 99 last year, had a bit of an injury-interrupted campaign, uh, but we've seen this guy being able to average 120-plus, so he could be 20-point average under underpriced. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, he was awful to start last year, Damo, awful, and he still managed to pull it back and average 100, right? So if he gets a modicum, like, like he's had the baby, they've decided they're staying in Brisbane, him and his wife, they're happy. It's his, uh, is it his last year? Yeah, it's his last year of his contract, so we'll see what happens there, but I reckon he's going to want to impress. He only needs to get slightly better from what he did last year, and he's an absolute bargain. We know what he can do. And uh, in the qualifying final against the Demons, he scored 152. Yeah, that's decent. That's a decent little whack, isn't it? I think I think he entered form at the wrong time of the season after his injuries, and his injuries probably slowed down him getting into form. But to finish the year with 133, 152, and a 93 in his last three games, including the finals... Something tells me that as long as he has a faultless preseason, he's almost 100K to 150K underpriced. I, I agree. I agree, Damo. And I I didn't start him last year because I thought he was a little overpriced. But it, the, the main part of that was there was question marks over his fitness. If we could get through this preseason and head into round one next year and the practice matches and I think they're only doing one official practice match and then every team is going to make up scratch matches or whatever. If he comes through healthy, I'm telling you, he's a bargain. He's a bargain at 540 K. Yeah. He was one of my first midfielders picked when the team picker opened. Yeah. I'm going to have to fit him back in. I've got Taylor Adams in that spot at the moment, but Lockie Neal presents a much tastier prospect. A guy that I've got, circled and in my team demo is another older player 30 he'll be close to 32 when the season starts jeremy howe $427,300 look i know there's risks with the health but the guy can still score 83 95 122 78 before he got injured then he came back 101 and 75 and then he missed and then he scored a 58 to finish the year but only played four games last year, 120.5, scored, averaged 80 in 2019, and there's averaged 90 in a bunch of years previously. But for me, at four, I'm looking for value, and at 420K, I think that he could average, I think he could pretty easily average 90, 91, 92, and I'm happy with that. I like Jeremy Howe, but he hasn't played a full season in six years. Oh, look, Damon, I'm trying to be positive here, but I opened that up as well, and... <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I changed my mind mid-conversation, mid-spruik about him. Um, when I did my team reveal, I hadn't actually put any any time into it. I just picked players I liked. That's a good point, Damo. How many games has he played over the last few years, each year? Uh, he played eight in 2021, four in 2020, and 19 in 2019. Yeah, you're right. All right. Um, I'm not picking Jeremy Howe. I do think he's a bargain, but I, I'm not picking him. And 17 in 2018. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. You circled this guy's name. I forgot he played in the AFL demo. Matthew Crouch. Matt Crouch. Now, I actually don't know how fit he is at the moment. but (laughs) (laughs) He was going to play round one, and then they said, oh, actually, he's under an injury cloud for round one, and he never played in 2021. At 482k though, and considering that he has averaged in like 110 two out of the last four years that he's actually lined lined up, he could be you know 100k, 120k underpriced if he gets a full season and resumes the role that he had before. Like with really Willy Rioli and Wayne Malera though, Adelaide have addressed that hole. And who knows what role Matt Crouch will come back into? Yeah, it's a great question. I worry that, yeah, mate, even if he plays, I worry that he's Paddy Cripps of 2020 and he's cheap and we put him in and then he just isn't 
quite good enough. Like, he, you know, a big step for him would be coming in, playing 20 games and averaging 80 for us. That'd be a big step for him. It's not enough for me. But as you said, he does have the scoring history behind him. I, I just, if he was 100K cheaper, he'd be in everyone's team. He'd be in everyone's team, Demo. Oh, yeah, 100%. You've also circled uh, Jack Gunston, who just played one game, scored 22. But as a forward in a, in a, in a line where I think we're looking for bargains, um, he averaged 82 in 2020, he averaged 80 in 2019, 96 in 2018. He's old, but we know he can score, a very up-and-down scorer. Is this a guy that you're looking at? He's had seasons where he can be supremely consistent. Like in 20, I think it was 2019 or 2018. So a, a little while ago now. I think, I'm pretty sure he only had something like four games below 80 for the entire season. And yeah. as a, and as a key forward type, that is a very, very good, you know, scoring range for him. And he comes in, he's $355,200. So it's that little bit of an awkward between 200 and 400k price. But this is a guy, another another guy, Damo, has a history of scoring. You don't need to score a lot to be a top forward in Supercoach at the moment. There's quite a lot of guys that fit this mold. They just need to play. We just need to know. Is Jack Gunston going to play? Because I think if 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 they came out and said, "Oh, he's healthy and we're confident in him, and he's going to, you know, maximize his free agency value and play twenty two games," you just pick him because you know he's going to be a top ten to fifteen. You know he's going to be a top ten to fifteen forward. He's just going to be. All right, and the last one on this list, Damon. I think we'll wrap the pod up there and do uh, another pod where we cover the breakouts. But your man, Zach. I can't believe it's not Butters. Uh, he's cheap. He is. He starts the season pretty much the same price he started last season. But the big key here is he started 2021 with a 98, 163, 55. And then he scored a 96 in two and a half quarters. <laughs> That's madness. And... People look at that and think that's – and people will, will, will be happy with that as a four-game score. But he scored that in two and a half quarters and then couldn't play for the rest of the game. If my injury-affected players always scored 96 in the games that they had to leave halfway through, I wouldn't care about picking in injury-prone players. But the fact that he ha- did that – I mean, it's I mean, impressive, right? Yeah, it's impressive, and – He's training and wanting to become part of Port's midfield mix this year. He was part of their midfield mix last year. And they so they need to start transitioning some of these older guys out of that midfield. Folks pretty old at this point. They're, and he spends quite a bit of time on the bench nowadays, so they're looking to inject more guys in. A few more minutes here and there for Butters. I mean, he came back, Damo, late in the year, and he scored a, what did he score, 39-51, warming back into it. Then he went 94, 76, 96, 47 isn't very good in that last game of the season, then 85 and 55 in the finals. Like he can he can post scores. He can post scores. He definitely wasn't the same player he was earlier in the season when he came back from injury. And I think that came from two things. I think Port Adelaide were quite happy to have him sit out the rest of the season. But he wanted to get himself back to be to be able to play, especially considering Port Adelaide was so close to playing finals and had the chance to be in a grand final. I think he wanted to be back for that if 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 it became the, the case. So I think he forced himself to come back into the side maybe before he was entirely fit. Yeah, and look, this is a guy where what he's twenty one, he has kind of a history in scoring well in Supercoach, 87.7 last year, 81.5 this year. This is a this is like a breakout slash underpriced player, and I get why everyone is on him. He's never been able to play a full season yet, but he's still young. He's got he's got he's he's like an all upside pick to me. 
with the exception of, you know, he might get injured. But everyone might get injured, Damo. Yeah, I mean, it's different for picking a player who has been injured to picking a player who is always injured. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's a, a very interesting pick, and I'm going to retool my team because I think the forward line has some real value in it this year, and, and I think he presents a lot of value, a lot of value. I think Port Adelaide, who's traditionally haven't really been a Supercoach-relevant team, is now becoming one that we can rely on, especially for rookies and their key players. And Ken Hinckley will always come out and tell us who's in and out, and he, he doesn't play games, so that, that's always helpful too. Yeah, and, and they're not reactionary. So shit teams, a rookie comes in and struggles, he's straight out. Port Adelaide, if they go, no, you've earned your spot. You, we're going to give you a chance to see what you can do, which I like. So I think you're right. I think guys like uh, Josh Sin, did they end up picking up Josh Sin? They're going to be attractive options once they're named because I think you're going to get a couple of weeks out of them. You're at least going to get you're at least going to get one price rise out of a Port Adelaide a Port Adelaide rookie, which isn't great. You want more than just one, but it's but usually the first price rise is the most is 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 the most significant one anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Damon. Well, let's wrap this one up. We obviously went over time because it's an AFL podcast, and I refuse to cut us off. <laughs> I hey, thanks for joining me, mate. It's been a bloody pleasure talking to you again. It's good to kick the season off again, and hopefully uh, we can pump out some more content as this as we get closer to round one and i know we've got some exciting things planned for january and february so no we do stay tuned on the website stuff's going to start rolling out from afl point of view but obviously bbl is going wild trade guides up there's podcasts up Uh, demo's an expert Uh, it's all bloody happening as is killing it He's an expert as well. We're loving life uh, in the BBL thing, and maybe that's just because I'm doing okay at that game as opposed to Supercoach AFL. But yes, Damo, you've been bloody good. It's been a pleasure to see you. And if you haven't yet, jump on Supercoach. If you got, I think you have to have had Supercoach Plus. There's a banner. Click that. Get to the team picker. Love it. And if you don't have access to it, maybe come to our website. Maybe something's there in a couple of days. I don't know. I don't know. I don't run the website. I don't know.